Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, it's Seat Kulazinac. Welcome to the Arsenal Audio Program. Premier League, Sunday the 11th of November, 2018. Arsenal vs Wolverhampton Wanderers. Kick-off, 4.30pm. Content. Manager. Captain. Voice of Arsenal. Arsenal remembers. Player feature, Danny Welbeck. The Academy. On this day. Tales of the century. Arsenal women. Visitors. Wolverhampton Wanderers Club Culture Match Action Arsenal vs Sporting Teams The Head Coach Unai Emery Info Born Onderibia Spain November 3rd 1971 Previous clubs as manager Loca Deportivo Almeria Valencia Spartak Moscow Sevilla Paris Saint-Germain the boss on Danny Welbeck, a tough sporting side, and what he expects from Wolves this afternoon. Unai was speaking to Josh James. Good afternoon, everyone. We were pleased to qualify on Thursday, but the worst news of the night was the injury to Danny Welbeck. Of course, we are all together with Danny at this moment. My first thought is of the person, not the player. He has been working really well. He was having a good match on Thursday and had some chances too. You could see his injury affected the mentality of the players. They saw it was a big injury. When a player has an injury like that, every player on the pitch sees it. The first thing the players did at half-time and after the final whistle was to ask about Danny. When you are playing football in competitive matches, it can happen. You don't want it to happen, but this is our profession. We now have to wait for the news of how bad it is, but we think it's a serious injury. Now that Danny won't be available for a time, we need to look inside the club for solutions. Eddie Unkitia is a striker who's been doing well in the under-23s and has improved. It's too early now to speak about the possibility of what we can do in January. On the pitch, we were happy to get through on Thursday. Even if we wanted to get the win, we have to credit Sporting. They are a very big, competitive team and well-organised. We spoke before and at half-time about the challenge. 
Every Portuguese team is very competitive, and we saw on Thursday their commitment in the defensive moments was big. We needed to be calm and to make chances to score, but it's difficult to create big chances against them, and we didn't create enough to win. That's the summary of the 90 minutes. Stefan's injury changed our ideas tactically in the match as well. We wanted to bring on Eddie and Keatier and give him a chance, but when Stefan had to go off, we brought on Ainsley at right-back. It's good for Ainsley to play these minutes too, so he can find our rhythm. I'm happy also because every player worked well with very good commitment. I think there were a lot of positives, but it was a difficult game. We remember the match in Lisbon, which was also difficult. We won that, and now we can say those three points away were very important for us. The point on Thursday maybe isn't enough for us, but at the moment we are on target to top the group. Now we want the best performance from every player in the last two group games. We will use the players that we think are right for each match, and think about the next one. That is for the future, though. Now we move on to today's game against Wolves. It's another game to continue to create our ideas and to develop. This match will give us a lot of information that will help us continue on our path, collectively and individually. What's very important is the Premier League. We need to compete with our process and continue our progress to be in the best position possible. We need to continue working and to continue making progress with our individual talent and the quality of our players. Then we also need to be organised in each match to find our best performance. I know Wolves coach Nuno Espirito Santo from my time in Spain. He's a good coach with big experience. Every coach from Portugal, in my experience, is very competitive and they are very organised coaches. They have discipline, but also talented players, like at Wolves. Every match in the Premier League is difficult, and we need to prepare so that we can continue to get better to produce a big performance every day. We have spoken again about making strong starts to games. Against Liverpool, we played at a high pace throughout the 90 minutes. We want that pace again. We need to continue improving our positioning and our aggressive intent with and without the ball. Then we need to take confidence to do those things better in each match. First you need to win matches. Then, when you feel you have the capacity to battle against teams like Liverpool, you want to build on that. Today is another opportunity for us to continue working on this idea but we know Wolves will make it difficult, like Sporting did. Thank you all for your support, and enjoy the game. From Emery Angle Delving into the details on our head coach. Like London, Unai's hometown is no stranger to conflict. The town of Andorribia, to use its Basque name, on the northeastern corner of Spain looks out over the French border, making it a key stronghold when the two nations clashed. The French took control in the Battle of Fuenterrabia to give the town its Spanish name in 1521, only for Roman and Spanish Emperor Charles V to lay siege to the fortress town and reclaim it three years later. A second siege of Fuenterrabia took place in 1638, 
when Louis XIII attempted to wrest control from the Spanish, and although the city sustained heavy damage, it refused to surrender. There were two more key battles in 1719 and 1794, but these days the town is better known for more leisurely pursuits, thanks to its marina and the golf course where Jose Maria Elizabeth learned to play. Captain, Laurent Koscielny. The skipper discusses Thursday's game and how important it is that the football world is able to pay its respects on Remembrance Day. Today we welcome Wolverhampton Wanderers and their fans at the Emirates on Remembrance Sunday. This is a very special and important occasion, like every year, to remember and honour the people who went to war and fought for our freedom and for peace. Quite a few Arsenal players died or were injured on the battlefields in the First and Second World War, and it is really too hard to contemplate today as a player that they had to stop their career at the time to fight for freedom and risk their lives. I think the best honour we can do to all the former Arsenal players who went to war is to win the game for them today. The sacrifices made by so many people and the courage they showed was immense, and they all deserve our thoughts, respect and admiration. It's always very emotional on Remembrance Sunday, especially during the Minute of Silence, and I'm sure the Emirates today will once again proudly respect it and pay a great tribute. We will never forget everything those people did for our world. Personally, remembering is also very important to me, because in my hometown of Toul, in the centre of France, the German army killed many innocent people in 1944, and every year we make sure that we commemorate those people who lost their lives in such a horrific way. All our community gets together in a moment of thoughtfulness and respect. I love the fact Remembrance Sunday is so important and valued here. Coming back to the football, this is our fourth home game in a row after Liverpool, Blackpool and Sporting. We could not make it four wins out of four like we did in our similar schedule earlier in the season. But a win today will conclude a good couple of weeks. The draw against Sporting on Thursday in the Europa League was still positive. We played well, had possession and created some chances, but could not score. They came for a draw and they got it. Nevertheless, we have qualified for the next round with two games to play and we got a step closer to securing top spot in our Group 2. So, overall, it was a good evening, except for the bad news, which is that we lost two players through injury. Stefan and Danny, whose injury is much more serious, unfortunately. It's a big blow for the team, as he was a precious asset for us, and in great form, and for himself as well. We're thinking about Danny a lot, and we'll be supporting him through his injury and his recovery. He needs all of us at the club, and you the fans, to be with him and to help him. Danny's been through a big injury before, like me at the moment and many others, and he knows there'll be tough times. However, he's very strong mentally, and I'm sure he'll come back stronger. Today's game against Wolves will be really tough, even if they have a bit of a tough patch recently. I have been really impressed with their start of the season. They're still surfing on the confidence and the momentum from their great season in the Championship last season. In the summer, they added some great and experienced players to their already good squad. Jao Moutinho and Rui Padnazio, for example, have brought a lot to the team. Moutinho is the heart of the play. Him and Ruben Nevis are one of the best central midfield partnerships in the league. It will be a great matchup against our midfield and we'll have to win that battle if we want the three points. But our midfielders have showed against Liverpool how strong and dominant they can be. 
I expect Wolves not to give us much space, and they have made it hard for all their opponents so far this season, including Manchester City, who they got a point from a few weeks ago. It's very important that we go into the international break with a win. Getting back to winning ways with a solid performance would be very positive before players go away. It would also stretch our excellent unbeaten run. I can feel the confidence and the momentum in our dressing room at the moment, and it's great to see. Thank you again for your incredible support. We really appreciate it and need it again today. And come on, Arsenal. Voice of Arsenal. Arsenal remembers. This afternoon's match takes place on Remembrance Sunday that marks 100 years since the end of the First World War. As a mark of respect, our home shirt for this game will carry the Royal British Legion's poppy embroidered onto the chest. These match-worn shirts will be auctioned in aid of the charity once players have signed them. Before kick-off, two soldiers from the Royal Artillery, a supporter of each club, will carry a poppy wreath and place it in the centre circle as the teams assemble to observe a period of silence. They will also be joined by a 100 ex-servicemen and veterans pitchside to mark the 100 years since the end of the First World War, ahead of the last post sounding. During the Great War, eight players who had played or were playing for Arsenal perished. Robert Houston, Spencer Bassett, Albert Benny, Joseph Dines, John Flanagan, James Maxwell, Charles Randall and Dick Roos, and over the last few weeks the club has remembered these brave men, along with all other men and women, who made the ultimate sacrifice in armed conflict. We have supported There But Not There, a national charity campaign to mark the centenary. The campaign features six-foot Tommy statues, silhouettes of fallen heroes that are being displayed at Emirates Stadium, and have been at our training ground this week. The Tommies are part of a nationwide art installation set up by the charity Remembered which will ensure that the incredible sacrifices made by so many a hundred years ago are not forgotten. The purchase of these statues sees proceeds going to the Royal Foundation, Walking with the Wounded, Combat Stress, Help for Heroes, Project Equinox, Housing Veterans and Medical Students and Commonwealth War Graves Foundation. In support of the National Football Remembers campaign, we have also planted six trees at our training ground in partnership with the Woodland Trust to show Arsenal's legacy to football and the First World War. The trees have been donated by the Woodland Trust, who are working in partnership with the National Football Museums for Club and Country Project, the Premier League, English Football League, Professional Footballers Association and Football Association to encourage clubs around the country to plant trees to remember those who made the ultimate sacrifice. And please look out for this. The following activities will also be taking place this afternoon. Fifteen collectors, eight from Islington Vets, seven from the Royal British Legion, will be collecting for the Poppy Appeal before the game on the podium. There will be 12 guests from the Royal Artillery in the Director's Box. The Royal Artillery will be bringing with them a medal display for the Director's Box. A commemorative centenary plaque will be unveiled in the Director's Box. Arsenal will present a silver gun to the Royal Artillery in the Director's Box at half-time. Poppies and pin badges to be made available for sale across all sites today. Our half-time interview will focus around the link between Arsenal Football Club and the Royal Artillery. Themed catering will be organised around the tributes. Arsenal chairman Sir Chips Keswick said, It's an honour for the club to be part of remembering those who have sacrificed so much for us. It's extremely important that we create legacies to remember those players who paid the ultimate sacrifice and show our respect for them, 
and the many other servicemen and women who continue to serve. Today's programme. To mark Remembrance Day, our retro programme recalls the additions produced for all our matches across seven seasons of wartime games between 1939 and 1946. These single-sheet publications had a unique style, partly because they were produced by our friends up the road at Tottenham, who lent the Gunners their ground for home matches throughout the conflict, as Highbury was used as an ARP centre. And you'll notice all programmes, apart from the games played in wartime season 1945-46, to after the end of the conflict, included an air raid warning, a chilling reminder of the dangers faced by not only servicemen, but all Londoners during these dark times. You can hear all about the servicemen who played for Arsenal and were involved in both world wars. And there's more about wartime programmes in our history section today. Supporters will notice that as well as updating all the information from the 1940s originals, we've also made reference to the special commemoration this year, as we mark 100 years since the end of World War I. Arsenal's promotion to the top division for the first season after the Great War was, of course, the beginning of 100 consecutive years in the top flight, an achievement we are celebrating at every Premier League match with a retro programme. Win a signed copy of the 2019 official Arsenal calendar. Now you can keep on top of all our matches and fixtures for 2019 with this one-off signed copy of the official Arsenal calendar. Featuring striking imagery of the team, alongside a monthly date panel, this is your perfect companion over the next 12 months, and we've got one signed by members of the first team squad up for grabs. To be in with a chance of winning, email programme at arsenal.co.uk with your answer to the following question. In which month will the 2019-2020 Premier League season start? If you're not a lucky winner, you can order a copy, unsigned, from www arsenaldirect.com Get well soon, Danny. We're sure all supporters will join everyone here at the club to wish Danny Welbeck a speedy recovery following what would appear to be a significant ankle injury incurred on Thursday night's match. Our interview with Danny in this issue of the programme was conducted prior to Thursday's match and poignantly outlined how positive he was about his great contribution to Arsenal's season so far. We're all thinking of you, Danny. Baggett. In every domestic programme this season, kit partner Puma is giving away this classy Arsenal shoulder bag. Just answer this question to be in with a chance of winning. Who scored our first home goal of this season? Email your answer, including your full name and address, to programme at arsenal.co.uk or tweet at Arsenal Magazine. All entries to us by Friday, November the 16th, please. One entry per person. On this day, 1970... Giles Grimaldi is born. 2008, Jay Simpson and Carlos Vela secure a 3-0 League Cup win over Wigan Athletic. Coming up, November the 16th, Steve Bold's 56th birthday. Arsenal qualify for the knockout stages. The Gunners' hard-fought goalless draw against Sporting CP on Thursday ensures we qualify for the last 32 of the Europa League with two games of the group stages still to go. Victory in our next match, away to Vorska Poltava on Thursday, November the 29th, will ensure we win our group, as would a draw if Sporting fail to win in their next match at home to Korborg. Welcome, Dennis. We'd like to welcome Dennis O'Connor from Cork to this afternoon's match. Arsenal fan Dennis recently stopped an armed robbery from taking place in his hometown, an act of bravery by the 83-year-old that was seen by many as the clip went viral worldwide. We hope he enjoys his afternoon at Emirates Stadium. Carabao Cup date set. 
We can now confirm the date and ticket prices for our Carabao Cup quarter-final against Tottenham Hotspur. Ticket prices have been priced at £20 upper tier, £10 concessions, and £10 lower tier, £5 concessions. This is in line with ticket prices for previous home fixtures in the Carabao Cup this season. The match will be played as under Arsenal versus Tottenham Hotspur, Carabao Cup quarter-final, Wednesday, December the 19th, 2018. Kick-off, 7.45pm. Live on Sky Sports. Following consultation with the Metropolitan Police and local authorities and based on safety research and experience from previous cup matches at Emirates Stadium, the decision has been made to allocate Tottenham Hotspur supporters 5,233 tickets for this match. The visiting supporters will be located in the lower tier of the clock end at the south stand of Emirates Stadium. The allocation of 5,233 tickets equates to 8.68% of the overall stadium capacity. This is slightly lower than the 10% allocation figure indicated in the Carabao Cup regulations, but this decision is based on safety and security, grounds linked to the stadium, seating configuration and turnstile access. This decision has been led by the Metropolitan Police and local authorities. Tickets to Arsenal supporters will go on sale from tomorrow. Full details will be announced on arsenal.com later. Report it. Anti-Semitic and discriminatory chanting of all kinds is offensive to home and away supporters alike and will not be tolerated. If you witness any form of offensive chanting at the match, you can report it to a matchday steward or use our See Something, Say Something service by texting FOW to 67777 together with a description of the incident. We are proud of the diverse nature of our team, our supporters and wider community. Thank you for your support and enjoy the game. Ref Watch, Stuart Atwell. This afternoon's referee is Stuart Atwell from Warwickshire. Mr Atwell, who became the youngest person to referee in the Premier League back in 2008, has taken charge of five matches involving us, the most recent of which was our 1-0 win at home to Newcastle last season. He also refereed our last meeting with Wolves at Emirates, a 1-1 Premier League draw in December 2011, in which Jovino and Stephen Fletcher scored the goals. Today's assistant referees are Konstantin Hasidakis and Derek Eaton, while Roger East is the fourth official. Here's our complete record with Mr Atwell as referee. 2010-11, AFC 4-1 Bolton Wanderers, PL. West Bromwich Albion, 2-2, AFC, PL. 2011-12, AFC 1-0 Swansea City, PL. AFC 1-1 Wolverhampton Wanderers, PL. 2017-18, AFC 1-0 Newcastle United, PL. P5, W3, D2, L0, F9, A4. AFC, YC, 12. Congrats to Aaron. Aaron Ramsey's goal against Fulham was named the Premier League's goal of the month for October. The brilliant conclusion to a stunning team move won 38% of the vote, beating Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's goal against Leicester City into second place by just 2%. And congratulations, Alba. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has been voted the Premier League Player of the Month for October. The 29-year-old was in fine form, scoring five times as we won five and drew one of our six games over the course of the month.
Alba struck a brace after coming off the bench against Fulham and repeated the trick against Leicester City. He was also on target in the 2-2 draw with Crystal Palace at Selhurst Park. In fact, over the course of the month, the Gabon striker averaged a Premier League goal every 28 minutes and 48 seconds. Well done, Alba. Keep it up. Arsenal remembers. For club and country. As we mark Remembrance Sunday, we pay special tribute to the Arsenal players who served their country during two world wars. Over the two world wars, players linked to Arsenal before or after either conflict were involved heavily, both volunteering and being conscripted into one of the services. Many showed great bravery, and this manifested itself in the awarding of a number of medals for courage. Tim Coleman, who left Woolwich Arsenal in 1908 as the club's leading scorer, joined the Footballers' Battalion in February 1915 and, by coincidence, played his final first-class game at Highbury for Nottingham Forest two months later. By the end of 1915, just before Christmas, it was reported in many newspapers that he had been killed in action. His wife went to the war office with the former Arsenal manager, Phil Kelso, who was a good friend of Coleman, but they found no evidence of his death. A few days later, confirmation was received that he was alive and in the trenches awaiting action. On October 21, 1918, Private Coleman was awarded the Military Medal for Extreme Valour in Combat. Billy Milne joined Arsenal in 1921 as a player and remained in various backroom roles until 1960. Older supporters may well remember him as a distinctive figure in the Highbury dugout. On September 3, 1918, he was awarded the Distinguished Conduct Medal for Conspicuous Gallantry and Devotion to Duty. Corporal Milne of the Seaforth Highlanders rallied and organised a group of soldiers to hold off an enemy attack, saving wounded and covered the company withdrawal despite being bombed and under fire at all times. Joe North signed for Arsenal from Sheffield United in October 1919. He had joined up in 1915, initially in the Royal Engineers, where Corporal North won the military medal, and afterwards moved to the Machine Gun Corps, and then became a lieutenant in the nascent Tank Corps. Charlie Buchan, who had appeared for the reserves in the 1909-10 season and had supported the team from the Plumstead Terraces, was awarded the military medal in late 1917 as a corporal in the Grenadier Guards. Near the end of the war, he was commissioned as a second lieutenant in the Sherwood Foresters Regiment. He returned to Arsenal in 1925 as Herbert Chapman's first signing sparked an immediate upturn in the team's fortunes. Dr James Patterson went to France with the London Regiment as a medic and won the Military Cross for conspicuous gallantry in 1917, where it was cited that in the process of saving men's lives he was setting a fine example of coolness and disregard of danger. He eventually attained the rank of Major. Dick Roos, an Arsenal keeper before World War I, received the Military Medal for Bravery in September 1916. A month later, he was killed, charging the German lines. On to World War II. 
Flying Officer Ian McPherson, a Mosquito pilot in 105 Squadron, was awarded the Distinguished Flying Cross and Bar, gaining the medal twice in 1944 and 1945 after 102 sorties over Germany and occupied territory. On three occasions, his aircraft was hit by German anti-aircraft guns and he had to return to England on a single engine. Macpherson's citation read, Throughout all his operations, he has consistently displayed exemplary courage and tenacity of purpose, which, together with outstanding skill and fine leadership, are worthy of high praise. After the war, he arrived at Highbury from Knott County, and helped the club to the league title in 1947-48. One of those who Macpherson vied with for a role on the right wing was Freddie Cox, who also won the Distinguished Flying Cross as a fighter pilot. Cox was instrumental in getting the team into the 1950 FA Cup final, and ended up a Wembley winner that season. The manager of both the 1948 and 1950 teams, Tom Whitaker was awarded the MBE in January 1945 as part of the New Year's Honours for his work during the D-Day landings. Alf Fields, who made his Arsenal debut in April 1939, was awarded the British Empire Medal after joining the Royal Artillery and serving in Africa and Italy. And here we pick up the Tim Coleman story again, as tragically this decorated war hero, who survived the front line in World War I, was to die during the London Blitz during World War II, as in November 1940 he fell off a building near Kensington while helping to repair it from bomb damage. During the Blitz, parts of Highbury Stadium were destroyed. In October 1940, a high-explosive bomb directly hit the training pitch, damaging the southern terrace and killing two RAF men. In April 1941, German incendiary bombs destroyed the laundry and roof only six years after it had been installed. Almost immediately after the declaration of war in September 1939, Highbury was set up as an Air Aid Precaution ARP centre and First Aid Centre given over to the war effort. This meant that all Arsenal wartime home games were played at White Hart Lane from October 21, 1939 until May 4, 1946. Despite this, matches between local ARP stations were played on the Highbury turf in the early part of the war during the 1939-40 season, with Whitaker and programme editor Harry Homer playing key roles in the Arsenal ARP team. Our friends at the Arsenal History have researched players' wartime involvement meticulously and have pinpointed 181 footballers who played for Arsenal and served in the two world wars, and one in the Boer War, including 13 who lost their lives, KIA, killed in action, and 8 who were awarded medals. The full list is in the hard copy of the programme. interview Danny Welbeck who was talking to Nick Brumsack as the only player to have scored for us in every month of the season so far Danny Welbeck can quite rightly be content with his start to the 2018-19 campaign although he insists there's much more to come 
Our number 23 has impressed whenever called upon so far this term with his physicality, pace, work rate and clinical finishing, particularly catching the eye. In fact, after just 467 minutes of playing time, he'd already scored five times at an impressive average of just 93.4 minutes per goal. In addition, by September 26th, Danny already scored in three competitions, the Premier League, the Europa League and the Carabao Cup, and earned praise from Unai Emery, who spoke at the striker, giving us his quality and also his commitment every day. That helps the team, and we want this. Unai is enjoying coaching Danny, and Danny's enjoying playing for Unai, highlighting the head coach's meticulous preparation as a big reason for the team's encouraging form this season. The aim for this afternoon is very much to continue that against a Wolves side who have impressed many since returning to the Premier League in the summer. And while Danny is certainly not expecting it to be easy today, our strikers determined to ensure that we go into the international break in the best possible fashion with another win. This season for you so far, how would you sum it up? It's been a good start. We know that we can't get ahead of ourselves because we have to keep working hard and improving, which we're focused on every single day in training. We know there's more to come from us and we're not forgetting that. There have been a few games where we've ended up winning but not playing as well as we know we can. On the other side, we've had some really good performances, like against Liverpool, where we probably should have taken advantage of that to get three points. What's it been like playing under Unai Emery? How has he helped your game? He's been great. He's always there to talk to you and to offer advice, and that goes for every single player. It's good. We see the benefits from it. We'll have a little chat now and then, and he'll give me instructions for the game. But even in training, everyone's really switched on, really focused, and really wanting to implement his ideas. Everyone speaks about his meticulous preparation. What can you tell us about it? Different managers have different styles, and he's somebody who's very detailed with his pre-match planning. He puts things out there for us to see that will help us in games. For us, it's about showing that on the pitch, showing you've been listening and taking it all in. We have team meetings where he'll analyse the other teams and tell us how we can use our strengths against their weaknesses. We've got a clear idea of how the opposition will play, how we can play against them and what we need to do to beat them. Yourself, Alba and Laka have already passed the 20-goal mark for the season. Things look to be clicking up front, no matter who plays. We look at the way we can hurt the opponents, and every day in training we'll work on different styles of play, different formations, different tactics. Once we get out on the pitch, it's about doing your job and scoring the goals, but that's something that the whole team work on. We attack from the back and we defend from the front. Once we get into those positions, we know where to be and how to get the goals. You mentioned different formations. Is it quite refreshing knowing we've got that tactical flexibility during games? Yeah, we see it as a positive. In different games, you come up against different sides and different systems, and sometimes one will suit you more than another. We've got the advantage in that we can chop and change, that we have experience of playing in different formations and can exploit other teams there. In terms of yourself, you've got five goals already this season. How satisfied are you with your start to the season? Once you're on the pitch, you want to be getting those goals. I'm happy with the way it's going, but I know I can keep improving and there's so much more to come. But I'm feeling good and sharp and I'm ready to go when called upon and give my best shot. At the other end of the pitch, we know you're close to Rob Holding. How impressed have you been with him lately? Rob's done brilliantly. Earlier on in the season, he maybe wasn't getting as many opportunities as now, but since he's come in, he's been solid and has put in some great performances. I'm really pleased for him and long may it continue. How's he developed since he joined us in 2016? He's been in the gym. He's very dedicated and motivated to keep on improving himself, improving physically and mentally. 
That's shown in his performances this season, which have been top quality. He deserves that because he's put so much hard work in. Finally, Danny, this is our last game before the international break. How important is it to go in to it with a win? We'll go in today prepared mentally, tactically and physically to do that. Each game in the Premier League is very difficult, so we'll make sure we're ready to go and go into the international break with a good result. Welbs fact file. Born Manchester, November 26th, 1990. Joined Arsenal from Manchester United on September 2nd, 2014. Arsenal debut versus Manchester City at home. In the league, September 13th, 2014, drew two all. The first Arsenal goal versus Aston Villa away in the league, September 20th, 2014, won 3-0. England caps 42, including 16 goals. Stars of the future, Arsenal Academy. Young gun, Matthew Smith. Match report, the under-21s check-in. Remember, James Shear. Lone Star, vote for Rhys Nelson. In every programme, we take an in-depth look at the Arsenal youth teams, profiling our young guns and bringing you all the latest news and match reports. Words, Lambros Lambrew, Aidan Small, Nick Brumsack. Arsenal Academy, Matthew Smith, Young Gun. I suppose the biggest differences for me this season are that I'm captain of the under-18s and that I've featured with the under-23s more regularly. I'm proud of that. I'm not a vocal captain who shouts and screams through the 90 minutes, which is a style that works for some. I prefer to lead by example and have a quiet word as and when necessary. We're a good group of players in the under-18s. There are a lot of big characters and that generates a feeling of confidence and unity. We try to perform well in every game but we also go for the win. The spirit and self-belief in the team has helped us win games when we haven't played particularly well. We take pride in that, but at the same time the coaches emphasise what we must do better, so we analyse and work on things we need to improve. I think that's the right balance, because we want to win every game, and we're proud of being top of the league, but we want to win well. We also want to go all the way in the FA Youth Cup this season, and I think with the group we have, the attitude and belief... We can do it. Playing for the under-23s is a challenge, I relish. Last year I did a lot of work in the gym and with our sports scientists to improve my power and physical presence to make the transition from schoolboy football to under-18s. I'm still doing that because the under-23s are at another level, especially physically. Playing against older, bigger players means I have to be stronger to give myself the chance to do my best. I like to be in central midfield but in a slightly withdrawn position as it means I'm more involved in the game and can influence play with forward passes and runs. I've added goals to my game this year and I particularly enjoyed last weekend's game away to Swansea when we won 3-1. We played well as a team, got a good result and I scored twice. The first goal was one where I was trying to dribble in their area and open up room for a shot. That happened and it ended up in the corner beyond the keeper's dive. The second was more of a case of knowing the pass was coming and making room and I knew before I got the ball that I was going to shoot into the top right corner. Although I like to play deep to start moves, I move up the pitch as play develops and they make runs in behind defenders to create scoring opportunities both for me and other players. I do all I can in training to keep improving and would like to play as often as my aim is to secure a professional contract this year. 
I know that what I have to do is keep performing to my best and show the coaches what I can offer and achieve. The first team play Wolves today and the display against Liverpool last week will further boost confidence. Wolves showed against Tottenham that they pose a threat so we'll need to control the game and make the most of our chances. Born Harlow, height and weight 5 foot 8 inches, 69.8 kilograms. Joined age 6. Position centre midfield. Boots Predators. School Burnt Mill. Questions and answers. What's your first memory of football? Playing for my local team. Who got you into playing football? My dad. Who was your childhood hero? Zidane. Best friend in football? Zach Swanson. Which team did you support as a child? Arsenal. Who's had the biggest influence on your career to date? My dad. What's the best goal of all time? Zidane, Champions League final. Who's the best player in the world right now? Messi. The best moment of your playing career so far? Playing in the Youth FA Cup final. If you had to sing a song to save your life, Ed Sheeran's perfect. What's your favourite training drill? Possession. Info. Phone. iPhone 8 Plus. Favourite footballer? Tony Cruz. The best trophy to win in the football is World Cup. Fave console? PS4. The best social media platform is Snapchat. My favourite musician? Drake. My ideal holiday destination is Dubai. Most talked to person on WhatsApp? Mum. On days off, I usually go to the cinema. My favourite TV series is Prison Break. Best film I've seen recently, Law-Abiding Citizen. My ideal cheat meal is Nando's. I usually travel to training by bus. The player I look up to most is Ozil. The best thing about being at Arsenal is training. Something not many people know about me is I'm good at golf. Check a trade trophy. Wednesday, November the 7th, the new lawn. Forest Green Rovers 1, Grubbs 62, Arsenal, under 21s, 3. Willock 41, Penn, 43, John Jules 85. 17-year-old Bukayo Saka threatens throughout. Joe Willock pulls the strings and hits a brace. Zelalim makes his return from long-term injury. Arsenal's under-21s secured their place in the second round of the Checker Trade Trophy on Wednesday night with a 3-1 win at Forest Green Rovers. The opening exchanges proved to be a tightly contested midfield battle, with Gedeon Zelalem and Joe Willock making a number of crunching tackles in the middle of the park. The Gunners carved out two good chances as Trees John Jules' left-footed effort stung the gloves off James Montgomery before Bakayo Saka beat his man and forced the Rovers' keeper into a fine save from inside the six-yard box. John Jules and Saka both went close again from close range, and then towards the end of the first half, the latter produced a moment of sheer quality to open the scoring. The 17-year-old winger carried the ball all the way from just inside the Rovers' half into their box and drew a foul from George Williams. Joe Willock stepped up to take the penalty and made no mistake in finding the top corner from 12 yards. Arsenal weren't done there. Two minutes later, Saka played an inch-perfect pass behind the host's defence to pick out Willock, who found the back of the net for his second of the evening. We maintained our attacking intensity in the second half, 
and seconds after the restart, Saka and Trey Coyle were denied twice in quick succession by Montgomery. But despite Arsenal seeming to be in complete control of the game, the host pulled one back on the hour mark through the substitute Dale Grubb. Coyle then fired a powerful effort at goal following a fluid passing move, but his first-time volley was turned behind by the outstanding Montgomery. Freddie Lundberg's team continued to trouble the Rovers' defence on the counter as the host pushed for an equaliser, and in the 85th minute, John Jules grabbed his reward for an impressive performance. Cohen Bramall delivered a dangerous cross to the far post and the 17-year-old applied the finishing touch from inside the six-yard box. We played tremendously and I'm extremely proud of the boys, said Lundberg. In the past two games we played really well but made a number of individual mistakes and that cost us the games. But today we talked about that part of the game and needing to put that aside and play our football and that's exactly what we did. Tactically we changed things and played with back three. That created some difficulties for them and it also gave us some stability at the back. We want to play football and be the side that's going forward but sometimes you have to defend well and you have to be together. That's part of football, and we did that really well today. They're great football players, and we're trying to give them the foundations of how we want to play, and they're using that all the time. Willip grabbed a brace on the night and delivered a dominant midfield performance, but he was full of praise for Saka, who assisted both of his goals. He's still young, but he's a brilliant player, Joe said. We all know he's one of the most talented players in the team. He's very fast, and if you play to his strength... He's unstoppable at times. I just tell him to express himself and I try to protect him on the pitch because he's a very skilful player. Freddie's given me a lot of freedom this season. And he's told me to get in the box and score goals, but I've also got to get back. He's taught me so much. He's telling me about different positions to pick up in the game so that I can get on the ball. And he's taught me my defensive work, like rotations too. I'm really enjoying working under him. Arsenal. Iliev, Pliegoziolo. Ballard, Bola, Bramall, Zelalem, Gilmore 46, Olienka, Willock, Coyle, Saka, Balogun 90, John Jules. Subs not used, Hein, Medley, Omole, Thompson, Smith. The Academy alumni, James Shear, tracking down a former Academy player as they make their mark elsewhere in professional football. Born in Islington and raised a gunner, James joined our academy as a 16-year-old in August 2007 and he's since established himself as a key squad member for League One outfit Luton Town. She has started in goal in both legs of our famous FA Youth Cup win over Liverpool in 2009, which featured players such as Jack Wilshere, Francis Coquelin and Henry Lansbury. And less than a year later, he joined the England senior team for training after an injury to David Stockdale. He even made the bench in five of our Champions League group stage games in 2012, but was released by the club in 2013, when his contract expired. From there, he joined Needham Market for a short spell in Division 1 North, before signing for Harrow Borough in the Ismian League in October 2013. Sheer impressed during his season-long spell with the Reds, making 36 appearances, and in the summer of 2014, he was rewarded with a move to League Two side AFC Wimbledon. He instantly worked his way into the starting six and helped them to promotion in his second season via the playoff finals, before proving himself to be a reliable shot stopper in League One. As a result, Luton Town came calling and signed Shear on a one-year contract in June 2017. 
In February 2018, his fine form was rewarded with a new two-year contract. Greg Step Up As mentioned in Alfie Matthews' Young Gun in our last programme, Greg Lincoln has stepped up to be Ken Gilliard's assistant with the under-18 team. Previously, he was under-15's coach. As many supporters will know, Greg was himself a member of the academy in the late 1990s, a talented midfielder who sadly suffered with some lengthy injuries during his time with us. Greg's one of four former academy players involved with the academy. Ryan Gary is Freddie Lundberg's assistant with the under-23s, Adam Birchall coaches the under-12s, and Steve Morrow is head of youth scouting. Checker trade dates. The Checker trade trophy group stage is drawing to a close, and teams that have progressed will play their round of 32 fixtures from the week commencing Monday, December the 3rd. The rest of the key dates are as follows. Round of 16, week commencing January the 7th, 2019. Quarter-final, week commencing January the 21st. Semi-final, week commencing February the 25th. Final, Sunday, March the 31st. Reese up for award. Reese Nelson has made an excellent start to life on loan at Hoffenham and our teenage forward has been nominated for the Bundesliga Rookie of the Month award. Reese scored three times in October, despite only playing 190 minutes, which means he's averaged a goal every 63.33 minutes over the course of the month. Also nominated for the award are Borussia Mönchengladbach's Florian Newhouse and Nordi Mukiel of RB Leipzig. To vote for Reese, visit www.rookie-award.com forward slash en forward slash hash voting. One hundred consecutive years in the top flight. On this day, First Division, Saturday, November the eleventh, nineteen seventy-two, Wolves versus Arsenal. Wolves one, Arsenal three. Arsenal have a healthy record against Wolves with a head-to-head that reads one fifty-seven drawn, twenty-six lost, twenty-nine. One of those 57 wins came at a crucial time in the 1972-73 season, as the double winners of 1971 sought to keep pace with the team they had beaten in that year's FA Cup final, Liverpool. The Gunners' title defence had ended with a fifth-place finish, but Bertie Mee's team were back on form at the start of the 1972-73 season. Or they were until three defeats in six games threatened to derail their challenge. Molyneux was not an easy place to go. Wolves would finish the 1972-73 season in fifth, but Charlie George was in inspired form, notching up three assists, two for an equally inspired John Radford and one for Peter Marinello. Even better, as the Gunners celebrated climbing to second in the table, Liverpool were busy losing 2-0 at Manchester United. Arsenal then won next time out, 1-0 at home to Everton, thanks to another goal from Bradford, only to lose their next game 5-0 at defending champions Derby County. Still, Mee's side kept the pressure on Liverpool, and then embarked on an 11-game unbeaten run that included a 2-0 win at Anfield, thanks to an Allen Ball penalty and a goal from, you guessed it, Radford, who would finish the season as the club's top scorer with 19 goals. Unfortunately, 
Arsenal's form disintegrated at the end of March. Having won four in a row, they picked up just six points from their last six games, as Liverpool took the title by three points. Shankly's team also lifted the UEFA Cup and would go on to even greater things in the European Cup. Arsenal, meanwhile, would slip to 10th the following season, then 16th and, in 1975-76, a lowly 17th, which remains the club's worst position in the final standings since landing up 20th in 1925-26. It would cost me his job, and the Gunners' days of challenging for the title would become an increasingly distant memory until another 2-0 win at Anfield 16 years on. Tales of the Century 100 consecutive years in the top flight Defining seasons, this time 1962-63 Billy Wright brings glamour to Arsenal Arsenal historian John Sperling selects 19 defining seasons and events from the Gunners' 100 years at the top In a break with tradition Arsenal appointed Billy Wright as their new manager in the summer of 1962. He was the first outsider to become manager since Herbert Chapman in 1925, and on the face of it, he had all the credentials to drag Arsenal kicking and screaming into the swinging 60s. Before Bobby Moore lifted the World Cup four years later, Wright, towering skipper of Wolverhampton Wanderers in their 1950s golden age, was the golden boy of English football. I want to bring trophies back to Highbury, he announced when he took over, and get people talking about Arsenal again for the right reasons. A different approach was certainly needed at Highbury, with the Gunners casting envious eyes towards White Hart Lane after Spurs completed the double in 1961 and won the FA Cup in 1962. Wright, who won 105 England caps and whose marriage to pop singer Joy Beverley injected a hint of glamour into N5, arrived in a wave of excitement, especially when he brought with him new signing Joe Baker, who arrived from Torino for around £70,000. There will be more signings like Joe over the next few years who will make Arsenal fans' mouths water and bring back the 60,000 crowds to Highbury, Wright promised. The Gunners began the campaign with wins over Leighton Orient and Birmingham. Before the next game, at home to Manchester United, Wright walked down the tunnel, saw the expectant 62,308 crowd and returned to the dressing room, barely able to contain his excitement. Baker recalled, Billy told us, this is what Arsenal's about. Packed crowds, sunshine, playing teams like Manchester United and he leaned over and rubbed my sleeve between his forefingers. These lovely red and white shirts, beautiful. Now go and win, boys. His team went down 3-1 and didn't win again for six matches. Wright had managed the England youth team and served as a physical instruction teacher in the army, but as a one-club man at Wolves, his knowledge of tactical systems and structures at other clubs was limited. Former teammate Eddie Clamp, who scored Arsenal's consolation in the United match, recalled, Billy seemed stuck between deploying a passing game and knocking long balls into the channels, which we'd used to great effect at Wolves. Nonetheless, Arsenal finished an, in an improved 7th place and qualified for the Fairs Cup in the following season. But then progress stalled. The team performed as a set of talented individuals rather than an interlocking whole. Baker admitted, I did my own thing up front and the defenders did their job. 
Nicknamed the Laughing Cavalier, Baker scored a hugely impressive 100 goals in just 156 matches for Arsenal, but the team continued to splutter. Wright gave younger players first-team opportunities. By the end of his second season in charge, John Radford and Peter Simpson had made their first-team debuts, and John Samuels also appeared regularly. The big money signings continued, and in 1964, Leicester's attacking midfielder Frank McClintock was signed for £80,000. Initially, the Scot struggled. I wanted desperately to win, and because I could see weaknesses all over the pitch, I ran around like an out-of-control fire engine, trying to put out fires in defence and midfield. My entire body used to tense up in my first few seasons at Arsenal, he said. In 1965-66, with Arsenal hovering above the relegation zone, the crowd's patience finally snapped. Baker, who'd scored 13 goals in 24 games, was sold to Nottingham Forest in the days before transfer windows. Infamously, what remains Arsenal's lowest crowd of 4,554 turned up to watch the team lose 3-0 at home to Don Rivie's emerging Leeds United on May the 5th. Six weeks later, after England's World Cup triumph, Wright was sacked. His biographer, Norman Giller, remains that the former manager's fingerprints were all over Arsenal's 1971 double team. Radford and Samuels both recount Wright's decency and kindness to them personally as they began to make their way in the game, but his Arsenal reign was over. Wright, a wholehearted, immensely gifted player to whom the game seemed to come naturally, was one of a long line of lion-hearted former England captains who failed to carve a career for themselves in management. Winger George Armstrong recalled, Billy was excellent at putting his arm around a player's shoulder and encouraging them and giving personal advice. Many of us who later won the double owe him a huge debt of gratitude, but he wasn't able to project his vision to the whole team. Happily, Wright carved out a successful career for himself after leaving football management. As he became a television pundit and head of sport for ATV and Central Television. Meanwhile, Arsenal opted to appoint their physiotherapist, Bertie Mee, as Wright's successor. Arsenal women. With no matches to report on since Thursday's programme, we thought this was a good opportunity to highlight the fact that, this season, our women are also taking part in our Life at the Top feature in their own programme. Here are some of the highlights so far. When did you first want to become a footballer and why? Emma Mitchell. I used to be a ball girl for my local football team and at half-time they gave you a pie and a packet of crisps. After that I was just thought, this is the life. Did you meet any famous players when you were a kid? Viviane Miedema. I'm a Feyenoord fan, so I used to go and see Robin van Persie and Dirk Koot train. As forwards and big players for the club... They were the ones I really looked out for. What's the first proper game you can remember? Beth Mead. My first memory was playing for the under-10s, and they asked me if I wanted to go and play for the under-12s. So obviously, as a kid, I'm like, oh yeah, let's go and do it. I ran out, and maybe a minute into the game, a big girl kicked the ball straight into my face. Then my nose started bleeding, and I came off. So it wasn't the best memory. But it's nice to know that I was trusted to go up a couple of years earlier. What was the best game you remember playing as a kid? Viviane Miedema. We played a game against FC Grungen, who were a first division club in Holland, and we beat the boys 7-5. I scored seven goals. 
Loads of those boys play at high level now too, so that was a very big game for me. Andrea Zakovic, now at Benefica, and Leandro Bicuna, now at Reading, were playing. You started young for England. Do you remember that? Jordan Nobbs. I was 12 when I was picked for the England under-15s, and I think it was the first time ever that the under-15s had a competitive game. We played Wales and I captained the side. I was 13 by then, and I scored a 40-yarder. What position did you play? Leah Williamson. Striker. I could only toe-punt the ball, but I scored loads of goals. I went to Rushton and Diamonds as a striker, joined Arsenal as a midfielder, and now I'm centre-back. Maybe I'll be a goalkeeper next, although I really hope not. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Emma Mitchell. I know it sounds like a cliché, but an old coach used to say, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. That's so true. What's been your best moment? Jordan Nobbs. In 2011, we won a domestic treble, and the whole reason I came here was to win trophies. That year, I also received the Players' Player Award. With the likes of Kim Little, Katie Chapman, and so many other great players here, it was a privilege to be voted for by them. And your worst? Leah Williamson. I won the PFA Young Players of the Year in 2015, and two days later I snapped my ankle on the training pitch. After that, the next two years were plagued with injuries. Everything was going well, but then it nosedived through the floor. What's changed most about your game since turning pro? Beth Mead. I think when I signed pro for Sunderland, I could see myself getting a bit fitter, and because I was on the ball every day, my technical ability got a lot better, but it jumped massively when I joined Arsenal. I was playing against internationals at every level. Viviane Miedema. I'd always been a number 10 growing up and I basically became a number 9 because we didn't really have a real number 9 in the national team. So I've become a completely different player. It's quite typical of Dutch football to change positions like that though. I just like to receive the ball and see the goal rather than receive the ball and have my back to goal. If I can see the goal, I'm happy. You can hear more from our players during the course of the season by heading to Meadow Park for table-topping Arsenal home fixtures and treating yourself to a programme. Duo up for award. Jordan Nobbs and Viviane Mayadema have both been nominated for October's WSL Player of the Month award. Jordan netted four goals in three games, while Viviane scored seven times. They can't both win, but we can wish them both good luck. Words, Michael Donlevy. The Visitors, Wolverhampton Wanderers, by Mike Hammond. Wolves made a superb start on their return to the Premier League, but have found the going a little tougher of late. Wolves ended a six-year absence from English football's top tier when they won last season's championship in their first season under Portuguese coach Nuno Espirito Santo. Leaders from mid-autumn, they won 30 of their 46 matches, accumulated 99 points, nine more than runners-up Cardiff, and scored 82 goals. It was a comprehensive triumph, and one that sent them up full of confidence that they could not just survive, but thrive in the Premier League. Early season form bore out that optimism. Although Wolves failed to win any of their opening three matches, they closed that sequence by holding champions Manchester City 1-1 at home, a result that sparked a run of six successive league games without defeat, 
four of them victories, including two here in London, 1-0 against both West Ham and Crystal Palace, and their next two at home, 1-0 versus Burnley, 2-0 versus Southampton, plus a 1-1 draw against Man United at Old Trafford. In the opening two months of the season, Wolves' only defeats came against Leicester in the league and Carabao Cup. But since the October international break, the wheels have rather fallen off the Wolverhampton wagon, with the club losing 2-0 at home to Watford, 1-0 at Brighton, and 3-2 last Saturday night at Molyneux against Tottenham, despite a late rally to retrieve a three-goal deficit. That third successive defeat has pulled Wolves into the bottom half of the table. They came into this weekend in 11th place, their 15-point tally placing them midway between the top four and the bottom three. Averaging a goal a game, and with just three all-season on the road and just a single strike in the first half, it's up front where they are struggling. They haven't scored in open play for over a month and are discovering just how difficult it is to score at this level. That said, Wolves have received widespread praise for the aesthetic quality of their football under Nuno, both last season and this. The manager's formation of choice is 3-4-2-1, and the personnel have barely changed in 2018-19 from those who performed so well last season. Indeed, for the first nine matches there were no changes at all, but last season's top scorer, Diego Iota, has missed the last two matches through injury, thus ending that sequence. Iota is one of eight Portuguese players in the current Wanderers squad, with four others, Ruben Neves, Helder Costa, and new summer signings, Rui Patricio and João Montinho, among those ten Premier League ever presents. The others come from England, defenders Connor Cody and Ryan Bennett, Ireland, Matt Doherty, Spain, Johnny Castro, France, Willy Boley, and Mexico, Raul Jimenez. It is a wolf pack of sufficient hunger and ability to re-establish the famous old Midlands club among English football's elite. The Breakdown, the All-Time Table Wolverhampton Wanderers are fourth in the all-time table of English professional football, trailing only Arsenal, Liverpool and Manchester United. The table includes all English league divisions since 1888-89 and awards two points per win. Wolves have played 4,854 games and picked up 1,967 wins. Basics Year formed 1877, nickname Wolves, Stadium Molyneux, Chairman Jeff Shee, Owner Fosun International, Record Appearance Maker Derek Parkin, 609, Record Goalscorer Steve Ball, 306. Penalty Wolves were awarded and scored from the Football League's first ever penalty kick on September 14, 1891. The penalty was scored by Billy Heath and Wolves went on to win the game against Accrington 5-0. At the time, penalties could be taken from anywhere so long as the ball was 12 yards away from the goal line and players could also kick the ball twice. 20 unbeaten. We head into this fixture with history on our side, having failed to taste defeat in any of our last 19 meetings with Wolverhampton Wanderers. 
Our unbeaten run stretches from May 1980 all the way through to April 2012, and during that time we've come out on top in 16 of those fixtures, scoring 44 goals along the way. Avoiding defeat today will see us extend our unbeaten streak against them to 38 years. Sixes and Sevens Arsenal have scored seven against Wolves twice, a 7-1 win at Molyneux in November 1932 and 7-0 at Highbury in December 1934. Wolves have hit us for six twice in 1946 at Molyneux, 6-1, and the same score also at home in March 1959. Domestic Success Wolves remain the only club in England to have won all three of the top domestic cups, the FA Cup in 1893, 1908, 1949 and 1960, the League Cup in 1974 and 1980, and most recently the Football League Trophy in 1988. Arsenal around the world. Club culture. Welcome Alsace. A warm welcome to 30 members of Arsenal Alsace, who hopefully will enjoy their afternoon here at Emirates Stadium. As well as being the birthplace to former manager Arsene Wenger, it's also a poignant afternoon for the group as the region witnessed some of the bloodiest battles of World War One. Iraq go to Baku. We recently received the following note from our friends at Arsenal Iraq who capitalised on the fact that a match against Guarabag is relatively local for them. It's around 900 miles from Baku to Baghdad. After we saw the Europa League draw, we knew we could travel to Baku to see our beloved Arsenal and we would not miss this opportunity, they wrote. We posted on our Facebook group asking who wanted to go to Baku and after a few days we met to finalise the travel issues. After we'd confirmed travel and secured match tickets from the club, the joy and the happiness was overwhelming everybody because they would see their beloved Arsenal in front of them live on the pitch. An incredible happiness. Two days from the match, we arrived in Baku, 20 members from different areas of Iraq. The match day was the most amazing day. We went to the hotel in case we could get a glimpse of our players. And later we met Arsenal. CLO Mark Brindle and Ivan Gazidis and had memorable pictures with both of them. After that, we went for beer to the place where all the Arsenal fans had gathered and we had a lovely time with them. One of our members even had an interview with Arsenal Fan TV to talk about our supporters club. In the stadium, the atmosphere was amazing. Seeing the team play in front of us is the dream of all our members. We enjoyed the match and the performance and the result of our team. A day that we will not forget. The final will be in the same stadium and hopefully our team can make it so we can attend it and the number of our travelling members will be double. For more information, please visit www.arsenal.com forward slash supporters clubs forward slash setting hyphen up hyphen your hyphen own hyphen club. Match action. Arsenal versus Sporting CP. Thursday, November the 8th, 2018. 2000. Emirates Stadium, UEFA Europa League, attendance 59,758. Referee, Gediminas Mazelka. Arsenal, nil. Sporting CP, nil. Playing for Arsenal were 1, Czech, 12, Lichtsteiner, substituted in the 74th minute, 5, Socrates, 16, holding, 
31, Jenkinson, substituted in the 60th minute, 8, Ramsey, 29, Ganduzi, 7, Mkhitaryan, substituted in the 68th minute, 55, Smith-Rowe, 17, Iwobi, 23, Welbeck, substituted in the 30th minute. Substitutes, 26, Martinez, 20, Mustafi, 31, Kolasinac, who came on in the 60th minute, 15, Maitland-Niles, who came on in the 74th minute, 11, Torreira, 14, Aubameyang, who came on in the 30th minute, and 49, Anquetia. Match stats, total shots 14, shots on target 2, corners 7, offsides 0, fouls 7, possession 71%. For Sporting CB, 40, Ribeiro, 76, Gaspar, 4, Coates, 22, Machia, 9, Acuna, 86, Gudelje, 23, Diaby, substituted in the 83rd minute, 8, Hernandez, 90, Louis, substituted in the 85th minute, 17, Nani, 10, Montero, substituted in the 69th minute. Substitutes were 19, Solin, 5, Jefferson, 6, Pinto, 25, Petrovic, who came on in the 85th minute, 28, Dost, who came on in the 69th minute, 18, Monet, 77, Cabral, who came on in the 83rd minute. Match stats. Total shots 5, shots on target 0, corners 1, offsides 5, fouls 13, possession 29%. Unai on Welby. He's a very good person. His commitment with us is very big. He's helped us with his behaviour, with his quality and his capacity. It's a very big injury for him, for us, for all people who like and love him. First half. The Gunners knew that a win would guarantee progress from Europa League Group E, but came up against a stubborn and well-organised sporting side at Emirates Stadium on Thursday. Arsenal made a strong start, dominating possession and passing the ball well, with Matteo Ganduzzi dictating the play and Alex Iwobi and Emil Smith-Rowe looking lively down either flank. But the complexion of the game changed completely on the half-hour mark, when Danny Welbeck landed awkwardly in the sporting penalty area and required oxygen before being stretched off. The hosts struggled to regain their rhythm for obvious reasons. It was clearly a serious injury. Second half. Arsenal certainly created chances after the break, with substitute Pierre-Americ Aubameyang hitting the bar and seeing a shot blocked by Sebastian Coates. Smithrow tried his luck, and Aubameyang hit the side netting, but, as in the first half, most of the drama had little to do with goal-mouth action. With just under 20 minutes to go, Stefan Lichsteiner pulled up, clutching his hamstring when running up the right wing, and in the 87th minute, sporting defender Jeremy Mathieu was sent off for fouling Aubameyang on the edge of the penalty area. The striker couldn't keep his free kick down, but Carabag's 1-0 win at Vorskla ensured Arsenal's qualification for the knockout stages. 2. Arsenal failed to score for only the second time under Unai Emery, and the first since defeat to Manchester City in his first game. 3. The Gunners have kept clean sheets in three consecutive European games for the first time since the 2007-8 Champions League. 0. 
Sporting failed to register a single shot on target in 180 minutes of football against Arsenal. The photographs with this report have the captions clockwise from top left. Matteo Ganduzi shields the ball. Emil Smith-Rowe escapes. Henrik Mikatarian skips past Acuna. Matteo fires a cross into the box. Jeremy Matteo is about to see red for this challenge on Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Aaron Ramsey gets away from Freddy Montero. It seems Arsenal head coach Unai Emery, red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts, red and white socks. Number one, Petr Ketch, goalkeeper. Number two, Hector Bellerin. Number four, Mohamed Elneny. Number five, Socrates Papastathopoulos. Number six, Laurent Koscielny. Number seven, Heinrich M. Katarian. Number eight, Aaron Ramsey. Number nine, Alexander Lacazette. Number ten, Mesut Erdzil. Number eleven, Lucas Torreira. Number twelve, Stefan Lichtsteiner. Number fourteen, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Number fifteen, Ainsley Maitland Niles. Number sixteen, Rob Holding. Number seventeen, Alex Awobi. Number eighteen, Nacho Monreal. Number nineteen, Bernd Leno, goalkeeper. Number twenty, Shkodran Mustafi. Number twenty-three, Danny Welbeck. Number twenty-five, Carl Jenkinson. Number twenty-six, Emiliano Martinez, goalkeeper. Number twenty-seven, Konstantinos Mavropanos. Number twenty-nine, Matteo Guendouzi. Number thirty-one, Shad Kolasinac. Thirty-four, Granit Xhaka. Forty-nine, Eddie and Katea. Number fifty-three, Giulio Pleguzello, and number fifty-five, Emil Smith Rowe. For Wolverhampton Wanderers, a head coach, Nuno Espirito Santo, gold shirts, black shorts, gold socks. Number two, Matt Doherty. Number five, Ryan Bennett. Number seven, Ivan Cavallero. Number eight, Ruben Nevis. Number nine, Raul Jimenez. Number ten, Helder Costa. Number eleven, Rui Patrizio, goalkeeper. Fifteen, Willie Bowley. 16, Connor Cody. 17, Morgan Gibbs-White. 18, Diego Yotta. Number 19, Johnny Castro. Number 21, John Ruddy, goalkeeper. Number 23, Matt Giles. Number 24, Benny Ashley Seal. Number 25, Elliot Watt. 26, Pedro Gonzalez. Number 27, Romain Sais. Number 28, Juan Mutinho. Number 29, Ruben Vinigre. Number 30, Courtney House. Number 31, Will Norris, goalkeeper. Number 32, Leander Den. Docker, number 33, Leo Bonatini, and number 37, Adama Traore. Officials, referee Stuart Atwell, assistants Constantine Hadzitikas, Derek Eaton, fourth official Roger East. Today's other fixtures, Liverpool versus Fulham at 12pm, Chelsea versus Everton at 2.15pm, and Manchester City versus Manchester United at 4.30pm. The Arsenal Foundation, helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. MBNA, official partner of Arsenal. Know the score... Before you apply, see the MBNA credit card you are eligible to apply for. One quick form, get a response in minutes. All without affecting your credit rating. Try CleverChat, the MBNA eligibility checker. mbna.co.uk slash arsenal. The credit cards are issued by MBNA Limited. Registered Office, Stansfield House, Chester Business Park, Chester, CH49QQ. Registered in England and Wales under company number 02783251. Authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority. MBNA Limited is also authorised by the Financial Conduct Authority under the Payment Services Regulations 2009, register number 204487 for the provision of payment services. Creditors available, subject to status only to UK residents aged 18 or over. Calls and online sessions, for example, completing an application, may be monitored and or recorded for quality evaluation, training purposes and to ensure compliance with laws and regulations. We are the Arsenal, the 18-19 kids. Visit our new Highbury store, arsenaldirect.com. On sale now. Free £10 gift card on orders over £40. Terms and conditions apply. EA Sports. FIFA 19. FIFA official licensed products. Pre-order now. 28th of September 2018. Free registered trademark www.pegi.info EA Sports Registered Trademark 
Frostbite, Register Trademark, EA Sports, Premier League League Partner, Copyright 2018, Electronic Arts Inc., EA, EA Sports and the EA Sports logo are trademarks of Electronic Arts Inc., official FIFA licensed product. Copyright FIFA and FIFA's official licensed product logo are copyrights and or trademarked at FIFA. All rights reserved. Manufactured under license by Electronic Arts Inc. Take your seat. Sky Sports. Feel it all. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market